Welcome. You're listening to The Aligned Self, conversations in creating a conscious and abundant life. This is Daniel DeNovi. I'll be your guide and host. Let's see just where we can take this. Hello, friend, and welcome into the conversation. You know, it was three days ago on April 16th, 2022, when we celebrated our one-year anniversary, our one-year birthday. I can remember distinctly a year ago when I was sitting in a hotel room in Keller, Texas. Our house was being re-renovated after the big Texas freeze, and we had a pipe burst, and we had, oh, thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars worth of damage. And while the house was being put back together, I was held up in a hotel room, reflecting back on the previous six months. You see, I had been kicking around the idea of starting my own podcast for several years. I'd been a listener of podcasts, and I knew I had something to say. But frankly, I just hadn't committed. And I was on a podcast, the Subconscious Mind Mastery podcast. My friend Thomas Miller was the host. And I had disclosed that I was going to start a podcast on my own. I decided I was going to do it. And I said the the name I would have picked, the wish I the one I wish I could have picked was Subconscious Mind Mastery, because I've been a hypnotist for years, decades. And Thomas said, Well, interesting you say that. I've been focusing on my other podcast, Fun Astrology with Thomas Miller. And I've not dedicated as much energy and time to the subconscious mind mastery. If you want to take over as co-host, you can treat it like it's yours. And frankly, that sounded like a pretty good deal to me since I didn't have to start from scratch on my own. So I accepted his offer. And it was a generous offer. And so over the next six months, I created 30 different podcast episodes, a couple of which I shared the mic with Thomas. But it was in January 2021 when I began getting the feeling like I was sleeping on somebody else's couch. You know the feeling, like someone invites you over, stay as long as you want, you know, the fridge is yours. But, you know, it just never felt like mine. And he had thousands of listeners, and they've been used to listening to his voice, his cadence, his presentation. And then there was this this little voice inside saying, you should do something on your own. My intuition was speaking to me and I kept pushing it off, thinking that I was going to forge something. You know, I had a home, basically. And this is what brings me back to being in the hotel room while the home was being renovated. Actually, it was close to completion and my wife had moved back with the kids and was getting things ready, yet there was still a lot of noise and still a lot of dust. And so I was taking residence in the hotel, recording episodes and writing. So it was there in a hotel room all by myself where I made the decision to cut ties with subconscious mind mastery and forge off on my own. Now, Thomas was really generous. He pulled down all the episodes I had done while I was co-host on subconscious mind mastery and gave them to me so I could repurpose them in my new podcast, which in theory sounded good, but in actual practicality, it didn't make sense. Now, the idea was that I was going to have 30 episodes that I could immediately publish, and I would have that uh, body of work already in place, attract listeners, and then I'd be off and running. But when I began re-listening to the podcast episodes, they were already uh, suited for and tailored to the subconscious mind mastery. 
it just seemed like a mess to try and re-edit them and reuse them, repurpose them. Uh, so <laughs> as it stands right now, the 117 episodes that I, I've put out since starting it a year ago have been fresh and new, except for one. I did repurpose one of them. And so as a consequence, those uh, other 29 episodes are, have been deleted and are no longer on the Subconscious Mind Mastery. It's almost as if I didn't exist there. Although some of you, I know some of you, followed me from the podcast, and I appreciate you so much. Thank you very much for that. And so in selecting a title for the podcast, it seemed pretty evident to me that I needed to call it The Aligned Self. You see, from a very young age, I've been consumed with the idea of self-identity, self-concept, and it has been a center point in my coaching and my teaching. And so I thought it would be uh, productive on my end to explain what is the aligned self. And I want to start out by asking you a question. Just who are you, really? Seriously, who are you? You know, when I've asked that question in workshops and seminars over the years, I typically get a blank stare, a vacant look. People are thinking, well, how do I begin to explain who I am? You have to understand, though, I know that feeling. When I was 13, I was in a classroom, and the school counselor was filling in for the English teacher that day. And as I walked past him, he just kind of called out my name and said, Daniel, who are you? I'm like, what do you mean, who am I? I'm me. I'm me. He says, no, 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 no. Who are you? He's from Tennessee. There's, I probably did that draw pretty bad, but his name was Fred Smith. And he, with that question, he changed my life. I began wondering, thinking about who was I? Who am I? How do I know who I am? And I ask you that question. How do you know who you are? How do you validate it? I mean, when you get up in the morning and you go and look in the mirror, how do you know it's you? Well, you referenced yesterday, don't you? We basically know who we are based on our experiences of the past. And most of that was shaped at an early age when you were very, very young by your parents or by any other authority figure in your life. They validated and reinforced who you were. And then based on how they treated you, you formulated a self-concept. You would look in the mirror, you would interact with friends, you would have feedback from the outside world on who you were. And then there's this thing that happens when you're about 8, 9, 10 years old. You start looking at the categories out there and looking to see where do I fit in. Am I a boy? Am I a girl? Am I white? Am I black? Am I Chinese? You know, we start looking for categories. I can remember looking back at my heritage, you know, trying to figure out, you know, I my name, my surname is French. My On my mother's side, it's Czechoslovakian and Polish. And then I know for a fact that I have Irish and German. And, and I was asking my dad, you know, what am I? You know, he says, what do you mean, what are you? I, my heritage. He said, don't worry about it. You're a mutt. You're an American mutt. You're made up of just about everything. And while I missed out, or while I feel to a degree I missed out on really connecting with a heritage, you know, a generational heritage, 
in reflection, it was a big load off my mind because it actually opened up possibility on what I could be. There was no, I guess, nationality that I had to fit into. And so in some respects, I could be anyone that I wanted to be, except for the fact that we lived in a small town, maybe 2,000 people total. And my dad's brother was the pastor of the Presbyterian Church, the the main church in town. And so my dad kind of said that uh, I had limits on my behavior because I had to look good for my uncle. And while I accepted that, to a certain extent, I didn't like it. I didn't like the fact that I was limited based on my last name because I was still in the conversation, still in the question, who am I? Who did I want to be? Now, I've been coaching and teaching for over 30 years, working with thousands of people. And I've asked this question, who are you, many, many times. And you want my assessment of who you are? For the most part, you have no idea. Seriously, you don't really know who you are. You don't really know what you're capable of. Most people never push the boundaries of what's possible for them. And like I said earlier, for better or worse, your self-concept, your self-identity has been crafted, reinforced, and validated, put in place by your parents, by your peers, by, you know, the people around you. We've validated ourselves from external validation, external stimuli, external feedback. So very seldom... And it is rare that an individual chooses who they want to be for the world, consciously chooses their beliefs, consciously chooses their priorities of life, their values. And as a consequence, who you know yourself to be, the personality, how you express yourself is really, and I say this with the greatest amount of respect because I was there one time too, who you are is basically a collection of knee-jerk, habitually learned responses that you've adopted along the way, primarily in childhood, in order to get out of childhood with the least amount of pain the least and the most amount of pleasure, hopefully. But you've adopted personality traits in order to get along in the world, to get by, to get gain acceptance. And then when you put all that over top of one of those core shadow beliefs, I'm not enough, I don't matter, I'm not lovable, possibly, many people have those beliefs. And so in the background of their mind, in the closet, in the home, when they are in the bathroom, when they're looking in the mirror, they don't necessarily see someone that they're proud of, that they're in love with. They, you might like yourself, but it's really hard for a lot of people to say, I love you. I love this guy. I love this gal. And the reason for that, which has been my experience, that most people never really chose who they wanted to be. It's kind of a default process, their default self. And then what do you create out of that is a default life based on your past programming. And so along your journey in life, you've created, adopted a self-concept Now, I really want you to hear that, a self-concept. See, a concept is an idea of mind. It does not exist in reality. You can't point to it. You can't pull it around in a wagon. You can't pull it out of your pocket. It's conceptual. So who you think you know yourself to be is an idea. 
it's a story that you tell about who you are. And it's typically based on what other people have told you. And you see the fallout from this when people make decisions based on a default conception of who they are. I mean, default meaning that it's not theirs. It's just kind of been handed to them. They inherited it. They adopted it because there was nothing else available at the time. The fallout of that is they proceed through life doing what they think they're supposed to do that seems like it's in alignment with who they think they are, engaging in the career that they think they're supposed to do, marry the person or forge a relationship only to reach a point in their late 30s or 40s, and the ages are just kind of general. But most people reach a point in their life where they look at themselves in a mirror and they don't recognize who they are. What happened to the young, you know, idealist? What happened to them? And they're quietly dissatisfied and sometimes not so quietly dissatisfied. This has been called the midlife crisis, where you reach a point realizing that you've lived your life to meet other people's expectations. You've not lived your dreams. You've tried to fit into society. And frankly, you don't recognize the person in the mirror anymore. It feels completely inauthentic. Now, I went through this when I was 27. I was a little ahead of the curve, but only because of synchronicity. I was introduced to the work of Dr. Charles Hobbs, and he had a program called Your Time and Your Life. And through it, you identified your highest priorities of life and then aligned the rest of your life in accordance with your guiding principles. The most important aspects of what you consider the most important characteristics of a life. Now, Charles Hobbs' program, Your Time and Your Life, was a time management system, but I saw it as a way to organize my mind, organize my life, organize my self-identity. I could actually recreate myself from the inside out. And I was looking in the mirror at this point in my life and realizing that I had made a lot of decisions. Almost all my decisions were to please other people, to look good, to fit in. And frankly, I had enough of it. You see, when I was reviewing my guiding principles, my my highest priorities of life, and then creating action statements and aligning my beliefs with those, and then my behavior, I realized that I was not living the life that I wanted. Now, also at this time, I had been married for about four years, and I'm completely truthful, I was not in love with my wife at that time. She's a beautiful woman. She's a beautiful spirit. Yet, we weren't in love with each other. And we were friends. We were, you know, cordial to each other. But it was missing a certain something. But, you know, as things go, when you're in relationship, when you're married, especially when you're early on in life, at four years, we were entertaining the question about kids having children. And frankly, up until this point, I was biting at the bit to have kids. I wanted to have kids. I wanted to raise champions, you know. I figured I could take everything that I knew, everything that I was learning, and build the perfect little human. But it was in my own self-reflection when I was looking at my motivation to have children that I realized that I would be living through them. And I figured, why do I want to bring another person in the world when I'm incomplete, when I don't feel complete myself? Maybe, just maybe, I should focus on me. You know, live the life of my dreams. 
train myself, develop myself, build myself as the best expression that is possible for me. And then, you know, if I have kids, you know, then so be it. So, you know, that's just icing on the cake. But having kids of my own for that purpose of, you know, carrying on the family line, that didn't really motivate me that much. Because when I focused on it, when I really, really thought about it, the only reason my my big goal to have kids was so I could produce an amazing human being. You know, I wanted a girl, but if I had a boy, that'd be okay because I grew up with four brothers. I kind of lean towards loving girls, loving women in general. But when I realized my only real motivation to have children at that stage of my life was to be an influence on another human being in a productive, positive way, I asked myself in reflection, why not be that for you? And when I told my wife at the time that I wanted to hold off having kids, there were other things that I wanted to do and needed to accomplish before I thought about having kids, she kind of lost interest in me in general. You see, her big goal, her big intention of being married was to have a family. And I had kind of put that on the back burner. And that was then that I realized that we had actually entered this partnership, this agreement together with two different agendas. And there was a level of communication that just wasn't present. But in hindsight, I have to say, we were both doing the best we could with the resources we had at that time. You know, we were both trying to fit in society. We were both trying to look good, so to speak. You know, live the so-called American dream. Well, it was just a few months after that that I declared a revolution for my life. If you want to know the result of that story, you can go back to my spiritual birthday, which would have been right at the beginning of September. And I'll put that episode in the show notes. But long story short, we ended up getting divorced a year later. And what I found totally fascinating is that the guy she ended up with was couldn't be more opposite than me. I had, you know, I was balding. I was, you know, almost completely shaved at that time. And the guy she ended up with was younger than me, had hair down to his waist, was a headbanging rocker, lead singer in a band. They are perfect for each other. They have a beautiful family. They end up getting married. But what I, I just found it interesting that here we were married and evidently she was settling for me. I evidently was not what she really wanted, yet she was pretending that I was. And being the person that I am, looking at things the way I do, I found this fascinating in the context of self-identity and self-concept. Who was I being? Who am I? Who did I want to be for the world? So it was through this process of being introduced to Charles Hobbs material and then the material that I received when I was with SMI, Success Motivation Institute, and I kind of put it all together to crystallize my thinking. And because I had come to a point where I realized that my life wasn't the way I wanted it to be, and here I was at 27, 28, having this midlife crisis, so to speak, of a crisis of identity, I got to recreate myself from the inside out. And it was a year after this realization where I became certified as a neurolinguistic programming NLP practitioner And I literally learned how to install a belief, install different attributes, different characteristics, different strategies. I'm telling you, you can recreate every aspect of your being. Nothing is set in stone. Like I said earlier, 
It's all conceptual. It's all an idea. And you have evidence, you and you have references from your past that you use to validate who you are. But it's really just a story in the end. It's something you tell yourself, I am this way because. And you have some reason, some rationale that fulfills on why you are the way you are. But this process of going inside and rebuilding yourself from the inside out is the framework of the aligned self. You see, through my studies with neurolinguistic programming, I realized that different people have different parts inside them. And some of the parts grow up at different rates. You have a creative part, a business part, a child part, a parent part, a responsibility part, a lazy part. You have different parts. And so there's a process called a six-step reframe where you go in and talk to your different parts and then align them towards a common goal. Most people have a disjointed or a fractured personality. You see, they say one thing, believe another, and do a third. There is an incongruence there because there's no alignment. You have different aspects of your personality, different aspects of your persona that actually developed at different times, were brought into play for certain needs, certain circumstances, and there's just very little alignment for most people. And this is why I said earlier that most people who you know yourself to be is a collection of knee-jerk, habitually learned responses that you've adopted along the way in order to survive life, to get along you know, with the least amount of pain and the most amount of pleasure. It's not necessarily the most elegant expression, but by and large, it's what people have. It's how they live. It works where it works, and it doesn't work where it doesn't work. And when it doesn't work, it really doesn't work. So the majority of personal growth, personal development, is concerned with tweaking the aspects of the self to make you more effective. It's more tactical rather than strategic. A good metaphor to compare it to would be the gasoline engine. You see, when Henry Ford first put the four-banger in the Model T in 1915, it had a top speed of 45 miles an hour, a cruising speed of about 25 miles an hour. Today, most people drive, you know, a maximum of 80 miles per hour on the, the highways or, let's say, 128 kilometers per hour. And all they've done over the years is tweak the gasoline engine. And while the the engines run better, they last longer, they drive faster or create greater amounts of speed, the efficiency is still only, get this, the efficiency of a gasoline engine in your car is only about 40%, meaning the energy expenditure, the amount of energy that's consumed, only about 40% of it gets to the road. 60% of it is wasted. Compare that with, say, the Tesla and we're looking at, which is an electric car, and we're looking at a 60% efficiency. Still not close to 100, but it's a lot better than 40. And so the Tesla could be thought of as a complete redesign from the inside out. And literally, Elon Musk designed it from the inside out. And that is how I designed the Aligned Self. The Aligned Self is my signature coaching program. It is the foundational center, my centering philosophy around which all my work revolves. Creating yourself from the inside out, starting at the core of what represents your beliefs. What are your core beliefs? What are your core values? Your unifying principles. 
And then you start building your beliefs and your behavior around these core attributes. And then we create a code of conduct. What are your rules for being in the world? What are your rules for other people? What are your rules for behavior? How are you choosing to be in the world? What's okay? What's acceptable? What's not? Most people have inherited all these attributes. They've adopted them culturally from different places. They've not consciously chosen them. So the aligned self is aligning your heart with your mind and your body in a congruent expression in the world. And when I say heart, your heart is your emotional expression. It's your states of being. The mind refers to your thoughts. Are your thoughts in alignment with how you feel? Is how you feel in alignment with your thoughts? And then is your body or how you are being or your behavior and your actions in alignment with your thinking and how you feel? The result of this alignment is a self-esteem that is unflappable, unstoppable, and unfuckable with. Meaning that you consciously chose who you're going to be in the world and you don't care who disagrees with you because it's grounded on sound principles. Principles that are in alignment with your highest priorities of life. And frankly, you can't get any more confident than that. The reason most people look in the mirror and they don't like themselves or they reflect back on their behavior because their behavior was not in alignment with what they believed. And that is all over the place. People say one thing and do another. And that is why most people have this love-hate relationship with themselves. Why sometimes they feel like an imposter. Because they're expressing a persona, a mask to the world, and it's not how they really feel inside. It's incongruent. And this misalignment, this incongruence is responsible for Hesitancy, holding back, procrastination, fatigue, depression, self-sabotage, fear of success, you name it because, you know, whatever your vision is or whatever your intention is, if it's not in alignment with the rest of you, then your other than conscious mind, your subconscious will protect you. It's benevolent in nature, but because it is going off this original programming, if you have an intention which is not in alignment with your inner beliefs, then your inner beliefs win. Your subconscious mind overrules any conscious intention because its job is to protect you. You see, you cannot outperform your self-concept. You cannot earn more than you think is possible for you. You can't do more than you think you can do. Well, occasionally people surprise themselves when they really put themselves to the test And you've heard people say that, like they've gone out, maybe used alcohol or gone out with the crowd or out with the boys or out with the girls. And they say, I don't know what came over me. I just wasn't myself. Well, who the heck were you? That was inside you. And whether it's drug-induced or alcohol-induced or substance-induced, or maybe you just put your nose to the grindstone and you perform over and above your own expectation, kind of step outside of yourself, that phenomena, though, is not long-lasting. There is a return back to your self-identity. And that's also why there's this fear when we create an intention and we know that it's going to require more of us, and if it's not in alignment with our self-concept, there's this fear that we'll not be able to sustain it. And that is where the fear of success comes in. Like, if I really succeed, that means I'll have to do this again and over again and 
forever. And and that fear is there only because your self-identity, your self-concept isn't yet in alignment with your vision. It's not yet a part of your constitution. But like I said, people say one thing and do another because they're not in alignment. And then, you know, these resolutions at the beginning of the year, people they start off with the best intentions. They might put a practice in place. They might do great for about a month. Or maybe they set the intentions on New Year's Eve, and by February, they've forgotten what they said on January 1st. Why? Because these well-intentioned goals for your life just are not in alignment with how you see yourself. And so the first job, the first step is to upgrade your self-concept, upgrade your self-identity. Because your self-identity governs everything about your life, the types of relationships you get into, what you do in your spare time. It, it, It governs every aspect of your life. It is so critical It is how you create reality. So whatever your reality, whatever your experience of life is, is generated from your self-concept. It's generated from your self-identity. You cannot receive more than you think you're capable of receiving. And if you look back or think back on every episode, it has something to do with your self-concept. How do you expand the idea of who you are? How do you expand your consciousness, your awareness, the idea that you're greater than you are? The reason you don't really know who you are because you don't see yourself as a spiritual being having a human experience. You don't see your self-concept, your personality as something that was created, you know, inch by inch, brick by brick. Your self-identity is an illusion. It's a story, but it's a persistent illusion. And so all through my life, I've sought to be disillusioned, which (laughs) for most people sounds like it's bad. But would you rather live in illusion, or be disillusioned and have a firmer grasp of the truth, the essential truth for you. Well, this episode had two intentions. One was to introduce you to the concept of the aligned self. Since you've been listening to the aligned self, or will continue to listen to the aligned self for years to come, the other was to introduce you to the concept, the framework of my coaching program, which, incidentally, I am opening up for registration In fact, registration for this current program is open now. But if you're not necessarily listening to the podcast in real time, like as they're released, you can always go to yesdaniel.com and check to see if a program is available. But this current program begins on May 1st. Registration is open now. The program begins on May 1st. And it's a 12-week program where we redesign. Now, you can literally redesign every aspect of your life, or if you have a lot of good things already going on, you can amplify the good things. And anything that doesn't fit, anything that doesn't work, we can redesign or actually engineer that right out of your self-concept. And I would say this program is designed for anybody. Any person alive should go through this process. Most people won't. So if you're one of the rare individuals that wants to operate in rarefied air, that you're up to big things in your life, and that you want to build a self-concept, a self-identity that matches your vision, then I want you to take a look at the aligned self. But I'll be upfront, it does take a certain something, a certain integrity, a certain commitment in order to see it through. And the percentage of people that are willing to go through this process really look intently at themselves and create themselves from the inside out 
is astronomically small. But if this sounds like something you'd like to invest yourself in, I have to tell you, once you go through the process, your life will change forever. You will view the whole process of personal development and personal growth from a completely different plane of existence. Because for the first time ever, you will really know yourself. From the center of your being, you will know who you are. Not because you found yourself, but because you created yourself. You can learn more about the program at yesdaniel.com. So whether or not you invest in the program, enter into my signature coaching program, hopefully this episode introduced you to the idea of alignment, of aligning your heart with your mind and your body, and the power of your self-concept, how it governs every aspect of your life. You can totally rewrite your story. In the words of Kermit the Frog in the Muppet movie, he said, life is like a movie. Write your own ending. So until next time, this is your friend and host, Daniel Danovi, urging you to follow your bliss, live your life from your heart, live your life from inner signals as you engage in the epic adventure. <laughs>